Welcome to the Triage Method Podcast Q&A edition with me, Gary McGowan, and my co-host, as always, Mr. Patrick Farrell. How are you this Thursday slash Sunday, Patrick? I am positively fantastic, Gary. It's actually been the nicest day of the year here in Dublin. I don't know what it's been like down down in the, the country where you are, because Cork is the country, in case anyone was wondering. Um, but uh, it was a phenomenal day today. Um, life is good. Uh, you were on a podcast that should have come out on Monday. This is obviously the Thursday <laughs> podcast, but we are actually recording it on Sunday and you recorded the other co- podcast on Saturday. So it's all over the place in terms of the timeline. But um, hopefully people enjoyed that. I haven't listened to it yet. Well, by Thursday, I'll have listened to it. But as of right now, I haven't listened to it. However, it could be that, shit. Yeah, it probably you is. Like you're on it, so yeah, it probably is. Um, but anyway, all of that is irrelevant. And it's just a absolute waffle precursor to the actual question that we have for this week which is i'm basically just going to simplify the question because it was like two paragraphs long um but basically the question is for health which is more important strength or muscle gain or i should say muscle mass right and and effectively the caveats etc with the question where this individual was you know, they're, they're really concerned about their health, not necessarily in terms of like, oh, I'm really concerned about my health. What's going to happen to me in the next few years and, you know, whatever. But they're like, okay, you know, they're 25, I think they said, 24 maybe. Uh, and they're like, oh, I want to be, you know, good, healthy for the next few years, the rest of my life, etc. I want to have kids, you know, want to be healthy, see grandkids, you know, all that, yada, yada, right? Um, and they're kind of thinking now they should be focusing on it because now they obviously have a bit more time. They don't have any commitments. So they're like, I want to lay down a foundation now to set myself up for the future. So yeah, real mature thinking in terms of, you know, forward planning and um, what you do now does obviously affect what happens in the future. That should be pretty obvious for most people, right? So they're thinking effectively, where should they put their investment, right? Should they really focus on, you know, gaining muscle mass now? Is that going to be a healthful pursuit in the coming years? And now I've no, I don't know how massive they are, how jacked out of their mind they are. They could be fucking, I don't know, jacked and it's, you know, it's irrelevant, but let's assume that they're just a normal average everyday person and not jacked out of their mind. So maybe more muscle mass might be beneficial for them. Right. But they also were saying that you know, they've heard some negatives in terms of processes that have to go on when you are looking to gain muscle mass in terms of they heard stuff about mTOR, IGF-1, cancer, different things like that. Right. So they were kind of a little bit like, sh- should I be focusing on that too much? Is that an unhealthful approach, you know, longer term? Um, and then they were like, oh, should I be focusing on strength acquisition? You know? should I be really focusing on gaining more strength to improve my health? You know, it's not necessarily how big you are or how jacked you are or lean, like how much muscle mass, whatever it is. They're, they're wondering if I just gain more strength and ensure that function is good into their old age. Is that a beneficial you know, practice versus training for muscle mass accrual? You know, so obviously there is a huge amount of carryover between the two of them. Like there's, it's not just like, oh, you do five reps and that's purely strength. You're not going to gain a single iota of muscle and you go over five reps or sorry, you go six to 15 reps and that's muscle gain. And then you go 15 plus reps and that's just endurance. You know, it's not like there's this singular, like, oh, this is the rep range that's going to lead to this outcome. But obviously they want to bias their training in a certain way, potentially 
to get health outcomes, right? So what are your thoughts, Gary? Like, should we even be like, there's a clear delineation here in terms of the healthfulness of either approach, you know? And obviously, you know, this is a vague question because we're not going into detail on the exact approach. Like they said strength gain, you know, and I'm kind of just reading that in terms of what most people say, strength gain, they're talking like lower reps, you know, higher in intensities in terms of, you know, percentage of one RM um, and heavier weights um, rather than talking about strength gain in like a six to eight rep range, which obviously is still strength gain, you know, um, but they could have just meant, you know, really focusing on, progressive overload versus you know accumulating more volume so there's obviously a bit of ambiguity in the question however we can still effectively answer the question yes sir we absolutely can and i think like to start off with a very quick answer the answer is as you might assume both in that there's obviously going to be benefits that are both attributable to the fact that you have additional muscle mass on your frame and the fact that you also have force producing capacity in your muscles, the capacity to produce force, i.e. what we typically call strength. So both are important. And what I would, the, re, the reason that that's important to get is that when you actually look at what Paddy was saying in terms of the real world implications of that, what people are asking is, should I train for strength? And the reality is that training for strength, you know, doing one to five reps, you know, doing that consistently over decades, that also leads to muscle gain. And what you're actually talking about when it comes to the differentiation between, let's say, a higher volume and a higher intensity program, a strength or a muscle building program, what you're really talking about is what you are optimizing for. It's not just like what you are training and what the outcomes are. It's what you're optimizing for. So in one program, you're optimizing for maximal strength or one rep back strength. And very often that is on specific movements, the squat, the bench, the deadlift, the overhead press, um, or whatever exercises you happen to be prioritizing. So that, that's what you're optimizing for. And the other, you're optimizing for the outcome of maximal muscle gain and not necessarily optimizing for the maximal amount of strength gain. But the reality is that by doing either of those things, you're getting the vast majority of the benefits of the opposite program, especially when you compare to the general population. So the answer is kind of like, all right, firstly, uh, strength and muscle are both important from a health perspective. And also the answer to that question actually doesn't matter because whether you decide to train for strength or muscle, you're going to get the benefit of the other most of the time anyway, you know, because what we're actually talking about here, guys, is like very very low level activities when you get into to older age. So for example, the things that could lead to a decline in your health with old age could be something like a fall. And you could have a fall because you were unable to, you know, put your leg out in front of you quickly enough and, and stop yourself, or you did that, but you didn't have the strength to stop yourself um, or whatever it might be. It could be multiple things. It could be vision, it could be balance, et cetera. Or it could be that when you have that fall, you didn't have the physiological reserve. You had no muscle mass. You had very little muscle mass on your frame, very little strength as it was. And as a result, you didn't have much and you were losing that little bit that you had. So as a result, that compromises your function going forward. Similarly, you might be able to 
get out of bed or get out of the chair because you don't have enough muscle mass uh, or, an, or enough strength. And as a result, you get, uh, you're constantly immobile and that immobilization feeds into the further cycle of a loss of muscle mass, a loss of strength, functional decline, uh, potentially increased re- risk of uh, infection if you're in hospital, that sort of thing. Okay. So when we look at elderly individuals, we do see higher rates of, of mortality among those who have lower levels of muscle mass and lower levels of strength. So we know that both are important and there's kind of separate reasons why they might be important, but they're also very much interrelated. So if you think about the health benefits of just having extra muscle itself, you know, you could be thinking about, okay, yeah, obviously extra muscle generally leads to increased force production capacity. So there's a strength element to that in and of itself. But there's also the fact that, okay, if you have more muscle on your frame, if you have 10 kilos of muscle on your leg and you get immobilized in hospital with an infection in your 70s and you lose 20%, you still have eight kilos. Whereas if someone uh, had five kilos of muscle, they lose 20%, they only have four kilos of muscle. (laughs) So you have less to play with. You have less remaining there. But also simpler things like muscle is effectively like a, a, a pool, a storage center for blood glucose, for example. So you might be uh, looking at someone who maybe has blood glucose dysregulation, maybe they're on the pre-diabetic spectrum and having additional muscle and training that muscle allows them to put that extra blood glucose somewhere, uh, provided the insulin signaling is appropriate. But basically that, that, that pool of muscle that you have actually acts as a storage a storage place for that blood glucose and thus it helps with your basic metabolic health as well uh, and there's many other things like muscle when you actually look into muscle you, you you come across lots of different signals that it actually sends out you know it's not just about contraction you've got things that are referred to as myokines you often hear of the the suffix uh, kinds, like the root of that word with some sort of prefix, whether it be adipo, adipokines, myo, myokines, etc. Um, and that basically just means that there's some sort of signaling molecule that's being released from that tissue. And muscle also releases its own, its own molecules that then relate to other organs. So when you get into the nitty gritty of this stuff, you begin to realize that all organ systems are interlinked in some way. And the act of having, you know, muscle in and of itself uh, has health benefits uh, for sure. And then obviously the strength, the strength aspect, the pure ability to produce force with that muscle, that's probably pretty apparent why that would be important. Like, as I said, being able to get out of the chair, being able to have the additional strength capacity to do your activity activities of daily living. So being able to go and do the shopping yourself, carry the shopping, all that sort of stuff is actually really important. Because if you think about something as simple as an elderly lady who was always able to go to the shops. She always did it herself. I know my own grandmother, I have a, an, an image in my head from when I was a kid that she'd carry along this little basket behind her, this little trolley, that was her thing when she'd go down to the shops. And you know, she'd get her shopping, she'd come back up, etc. She's independent, she's able to do these things for, for herself. But as you age and as you begin to lose that, uh, that function, that becomes more difficult. And if you're living on your own, for example, or your partner dies younger than you do, then what, what can end up happening is you decide to not go shopping as regularly, for example. And if you don't have people supporting you, that can often lead to something that's called the, the old lady diet, which is basically just uh, tea and toast. You know, that's all you eat. Um, and often you see presentations like anemia and those types of people because, you know, their diet isn't complete. There might be absorption issues with the food combinations, etc. So that's one of the questions that you'll often hear asked in hospitals in, in elderly patients is, do you have someone to, to cook a hot meal for you? Because that's something that actually becomes quite challenging. So something as simple as 
being able to carry the shopping bags could be the difference between you being able to cook a fresh meal, have sufficient nutrient status, etc. So you can see how there's like a feed forward cycle here. So when you're thinking of health, you have to think about like not just, okay, the aesthetics of the muscle or not even just the blood glucose regulation stuff, the nitty gritty mechanistic stuff. You also have to think about what role do the adaptations to exercise play in permitting function? And what does that function allow the person to do in their everyday life? Because that's often the, the areas or they're the areas where you often see uh, detriments to health pop up. And it could even just be that it's, um, it's uh, psychological health, for example. Again, that elderly lady, if she's not able to go down to the shops, she's not able to meet the people that she was previ- previously able to meet. So that exercise component, it can seem real small and isolated in our world where we focus on muscle gain, strength gain, et cetera. But when you broaden it out, um, it, it becomes a lot more important in, in an individual's life and their interaction with their community, et cetera, et cetera. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's both. <laughs> yeah. And just, just to go on with this as well, like you can get, when you think of health, people generally start thinking of the end of their life, right? in terms of they're like oh i want to yeah. <laughs> i'm in good health in terms of like and you even said it there you're like oh elderly yeah. like that was the immediate thought or thought i should say um but that's not that's not the extent obviously there's a whole life in the interim of that right between now and when you're an elderly citizen right like having more strength is a benefit or having more muscle is an easier one having more muscle is a benefit uh, if you happen to get cancer you know, yep. you, you think like Gary was talking about, you know, re- reductions in muscle mass as you age and whatever else um, and, and strength and stuff like that. Like that can happen to you. You could get cancer. You could be on chemotherapeutics and now they're a lot, they're a lot better these days, but you could still be getting like cachexia, you know, muscle loss um, and having that muscle reserve could be the difference. You know, now I'm not saying like, oh, gain a load of muscle and you're going to cure your cancer or you're going to beat your cancer. Like that's obviously a foolhardy statement. However, having a muscle reserve and a strength reserve is only going to work in your benefit in that case, you know? And obviously we didn't touch on it here because we're talking more so about muscle gain and uh, strength, but being fitter is obviously of a benefit for a a huge number of, you know, we'll say just cardiovascular events, diseases, you know? So it's, it it can be very, you know, you want to think of just the end of the life. You want to just think, oh, how is this going to benefit me now in terms, or how is this going to benefit me in the future in terms of, you know, when I'm old, but older is just a concept, you know, older is like, how is this going to benefit you next week, the week after the month, the year, like there's still that whole lifespan in between. So you don't want to just be thinking, okay, I want to be, you know, 60, 70 and still have good function. Like you want to be 30, 40, 50 and still have good function, you know? So that can, that can present itself as, you know, being able to, I don't know, play football with your kids, you know, being able to go for a hike up the mountains, you know, uh, stuff like that. Or, you know, God forbid you get in a, a car crash or whatever else, like having that muscle mass as a reserve there. So again, you, you have that reserve, but also having the strength, you know, to be able to, I don't know, pull yourself out of the burning car or something, you know, um, like stuff like that. Like you don't know how your life is going to play out. So you, you kind of have to be prepared for every eventuality. So I don't see why you would make it an either or question. Now, I, I understand why, because I've had these yeah, thought yeah. processes myself in terms of like, oh, which one would be more beneficial? You know, like you hear sayings like, oh, strength is never a weakness and whatever else. And as I'll say to you, anyone who says that I have Vikings disease and that is literally a weakness 
by being too strong. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that, that's beside the point. Um, the whole process, like there's the, the adaptations you can get from resistance training, from cardiovascular training, from, you know, healthful practices, they all pay off in some way, right? Now, what you need to focus on as an individual, the easiest way to do that is first of all, just get a, a generic, you know, approach to it in terms of, you know, get stronger, build more muscle, you know, get fitter. Obviously we didn't touch on the question, didn't touch on it, but you know, that's probably a good idea. And then if you want to get more specific with it, look at the diseases in your family. What do people die of in your family? You know, is there some, I don't know, heart is heart disease in your family. Okay. Let's tailor our approach a little bit more so that we're doing all the things that need to be done that we've talked about before. And so that, you know, you're, 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 you're trying to preempt anything going wrong in that there in, in that presentation of heart disease, you know, like it's like, Oh, are you doing your aerobic exercise? Are you, you know, watching your salt, your saturated fat, whatever it is, you know, right. And so obviously use your family history as some sort of guide for that, but also use your actual progress as a guide, you know, like if you're squatting 300 kilos, is more strength going to be of a benefit for you? You Probably not, you know? Um, but if you're like, Oh, I'm squatting 300 kilos, but, uh, I'm very thin, you know, that's, they're usually not, they don't go hand in hand usually, but yeah, yeah it, there is the possibility that they go hand in hand in terms of you could be lacking in muscle mass, you know? So you might be like, right. So I actually do need to focus on building muscle. Right. And um, so again, you, you use your results. Like you might have enough strength for everyday folk, everyday function. And as a result, you might be like, right. So I actually don't need to focus on strength too much. I can do some stuff to keep that ticking along or really just focus on getting strong in a, a hypertrophy rep range um, rather than like a, a lower rep range so that I'm still getting stronger over time. It's just not in that kind of traditional strength rep range um, and you're building muscle over time, you know? So again, if you wanted the most generic approach, you could do your first exercise, something a little bit heavier and then the rest of your your work more in like hypertrophy work and then towards the end maybe you do like a a higher rep you know exercise or just even a higher rep set like maybe you do something that's a lot closer to failure but it's in the kind of 30 rep zone and maybe you do a drop set at the end of it if you're like i just want to make sure i'm touching on fucking everything that i could possibly be touching on and then as we've discussed previously you know maybe layer on some cardio on top of that whether it's something after your workout or, you know, getting your steps or doing some aerobic work on other days, you know, effectively cover all your bases and then use your family history as uh, a guiding force in terms of, okay, so they all die, they all die of this, or they all get this or whatever it is. They all seem to have issues with their, their, I don't know, rotator cuffs. I'm like, okay, so maybe I should do something to strengthen that. It seems to be a weakness in my family. Maybe there's some sort of insertion difference or, you know, muscle belly, whatever the fuck, it could be anything. You don't know, <laughs> you know? Um, so use your family history and then obviously use your results to guide the process. And then you can layer on obviously your preferences. Like if you're like, yeah, I just want to have 20 inch arms, go for it. Yeah, like I think in general, it's it's kind of hard to argue that you should ever be trying to optimize for just one fitness characteristic when it comes to health. Like I think when it comes to health, it's your you should be trying to lay a generalist base. And I mean that even from the perspective of the knowledge that we have of how exercise relates to health, like a lot of it is still, you know, epidemiological in terms of saying, okay, when we look at people 
who live the longest, you know, what, what do they do? You know, is, is it people who are more fit from a cardiovascular perspective or is it people who are, you know, have more muscle, have more strength, etc. And I think it's very difficult to say that you need to optimize for any one of those things, um, at least at this point in time. And we definitely don't have, don't have evidence to try and uh, individualize that for every single person at this point in time, you know, maybe some point in the future. But for now, I think that it's pretty sound to try and lay a generalist base um, recognize where your strengths and weaknesses actually are uh, and then you know adjust accordingly you know so if you if you're someone who has you know family history of cardiovascular disease and you know you know that all your family have classically been unfit and you kind of self-selected for strength training because you f- you didn't like running you didn't like sweating you, di- you didn't like that kind of thing and you've only ever done low reps and you know that you get real tired going up up the stairs or whatever. Like I think that there there's enough signal there to say, okay, maybe spending more time on cardiovascular work is probably a good idea for you. And similarly, if you're someone who, like you said, is squatting 300 kilos and you know you're 100 kilos shredded already, it's like okay, you probably don't need to optimize for muscle mass and strength. You can if you wish to do so. But in terms of the health question, you probably don't need to pursue those avenues uh, any further. You know, it's, it's unlikely there's going to be benefits there. But with that said, this came up in the Monday podcast as well. And that is that you're allowed to optimize for something and accept a trade-off in health. Like that's fine. You know, as if you, as long as you accept that and know it in advance, all athletes that play high level in sports compete at a high level. They accept that there's a potential for a trade-off in health, you know, high level uh, performance is not always uh, interlinked with, with, uh, with health, you know, even Generally it's the opposite, e- really it is. Yeah, exactly. Like even, even if you do something like, like me and you, like we do jujitsu, like just pure, like casuals, like, you know, not competing high level or anything like that. But, and <laughs> speak for yourself, oh, fucking four stripe white belt. But you know, when you're, you're like, even we're, like we're doing that we're and we, and we high, we prioritize our health, but there's all like, there's always a risk when you go into a class like that, like you could be thrown on your neck and quadriplegic in five minutes. Like, you know, there's, there's always that risk and there's that risk with every sport that you do. So do recognize that there are, there are trade-offs and you are allowed to accept some of them. I think that if you're not ever willing to accept any trade-off in health, you're probably not going to enjoy whatever it is that you're doing very much. Like, even if you think about muscle building, you know, if you're trying to gain a lot of muscle over the lifetime, which we know to have health benefits, there might also be health trade-offs in the process because you have to spend your lifetime chronically overfeeding. And that's generally not associated with health. And there might be some bad aspects to that. You know, you could have very like the most fantastic physique. You've built so much muscle, but your cardiovascular risk factors could actually be quite could actually be quite poor. You know, you could be at cardiovascular risk and- Or you could actually give yourself disease in terms of like, you could, I was just writing, because I'm writing all the sleep articles for our our thing. Like you could be so jacked out of your mind that your traps are huge and you give yourself sleep apnea. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You know, and and, and there's there's examples that are probably, that people have probably experienced themselves when you get so deep into the process of trying to gain strength and muscle that your training program leads to injury in some way, or you now have a knee that's always at you, you know, and that's, that's one of those cases where you have to deal with the kind of messy area of saying that exercise is generally good for joint health, for musculoskeletal health. We do rec, we do recommend it. Absolutely. 
But that doesn't mean that if you're competing at the highest level of powerlifting and pushing your body absolutely to its limits, that there aren't going to be trade-offs because there probably are. And, and yeah, that there's, there's trade-offs in health and health and performance. And, and again, that's okay. You're allowed to accept those trade-offs. And also obviously like accidents and injuries can happen. So like, yeah, anywhere. <laughs> literally that's what I was going to say. I was like, you could be walking down the street and I don't know, break your femur. Like, yeah, <laughs> like it happens like proper femur break, you know? Um, which you wouldn't expect, obviously. But those things happen. You know, you could get hit by a bus. I've actually been hit twice by cars, you know, and cycling. So again, it happens. Um, but yeah, so to wrap up and answer that question, you both, you know, as I said, you could easily design a program with the, the, the goals in mind of getting stronger and getting bigger or building more muscle and getting stre- stronger over time do a little bit of lower rep work at the start, do some more hypertrophy work stuff throughout the workout, maybe then again, finish up with some fucking higher rep stuff or some cardiovascular stuff. Boom, you've ticked all the boxes. Tailor that to your needs, right? Obviously then taking into account all of the other factors that we we talk about so much, you know, your nutrition obviously has to be good, like, because you can do everything in the gym, be like, yeah, my gym training program is the best for health. And then you're out there eating, I don't know, Doritos, which are delicious. Um, yep. And, you know, eating ribs, which are also delicious uh, every day of the week, you know, um, which might not be most beneficial for your body composition and your health in general, right? So again, you still do have to take into account all the other factors just because and you see this all the time. People will say, oh, well, this person was so healthy. They used to go for runs all the time. I'm like, yeah, they also used to go to the pub fucking three times per week and they had a shit diet and they were managing their weight by virtue of going on these runs, you know? So just because you engage in some healthful behaviors, it doesn't negate the fact that you engage in so other unhealthful behaviors. But like Gary said, that might be a trade-off that you're willing to accept, you know? You might be like, right, I actually don't want to build more muscle even though we're saying that that's a a healthful behavior you might be like i actually like the way i look in skinny jeans or whatever it is i don't know um and you're like the my social circle we all wear skinny jeans so i don't want to have these big jacked quads you know and that might be the approach that you take then you're like that's the trade-off i'm I'm okay with that you know i would argue that's a bad trade-off but you know i'm not here to uh live your life for you um you know so again just be aware of the trade-offs and you're all good and do everything then basically is what we're saying. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and to, to kind of be clear as well, like the purpose of this podcast was not to go through all the nuances of (laughs) sarcopenia and age related muscle loss, et cetera, but rather just answer this from the perspective of the person that asked it, you know, like, because this is a quite a practical question. Like, should I do five by three or should I do three by 10? Like what's better for health, you know? And, and ultimately it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of both, you know, and you're getting the benefits of both from doing either really. But, but, but the, my point there being that we, we do have at least one, if not two podcasts planned on this topic, uh, one with a, an actual doctor who we hope to get on who works with patients with sarcopenia um, and as a result has practical experience of what what it looks like on the ground in the hospital when people actually have lost their muscle and what the physiology relates to or what the physiology related sarcopenia is what you can do about it etc so that'll be interesting and also there's a, a researcher who who research, researches that topic as well who i also plan to get on so we will go into a lot more more depth on this topic in the future but for now that is the practical summary. And if you are interested in 
upskilling as a coach, you know, you want to, you want to get on the path to helping people gain more muscle, more strength, or just find where that sweet spot is for them in terms of where, what trade-offs they're willing to accept, etc. You can upskill in the coaches corner, which is our membership site. So you can subscribe to that below um, and you'll get access to all of our lectures, our exercise analysis, our nutrition theory, and our support group and all that good stuff. And we do also have coaching spaces available. So if you'd like to work with us, um, that is something we obviously help people with is finding, you know, what trade-offs they're willing to accept and finding that sweet spot of what is going to allow them to move towards their goals while still trying to prioritize health as much as we can convince the person to do and as much as they wish uh, to take on board as well. So, so yeah, you can work with us if you'd like to. And if you just like to kind of get closer to the triage method community, we do have a Facebook group, so you can join that. It's called the triage method community. We also have a newsletter, which you can subscribe to below. And if you just want to follow on as a filthy casual, you can do so on our social media at Instagram, I was going to say at Instagram, on Instagram at triage method, triage method on Facebook, triage method on YouTube. And uh, that's, uh, that's, that's it really. That's where you'll get us. Um, other than that, it's, um, it's too easy guys. Literally it's too easy. And if you're watching on YouTube, yeah, yeah it's gotten progressively darker. <laughs> just how dark it has gotten, which is actually reckless. Um, because this is only 20 past eight. So 20 past eight and it's near pitch black. Um, I'm not going to enjoy the fact that we're moving into winter now and have basically had no summer. Um, even though today was obviously a fabulous day, um, no one got a summer because we weren't allowed to leave the house. So quite disappointed in that, Gary. I presume you are too, because you love a summer, don't you? You love going on about love 20 holidays. Summer, yeah. Anyway... Peace out, guys. Enjoy.